You're listening to Recovery Survey, the podcast that shatters stigmas around different types of addictions and takes a deep dive into spiritual principles. Everybody has financial problems to some extent, especially when you first get sober. And if you've been a practicing alcoholic or drug addict for any length of time, most likely you do. Rebuilding our finances is not that difficult. It just takes commitment. My guest today is named Dirk Foster. He is a sober life coach as well as a recovery author. Today we will be discussing meditation as well as finances in recovery. Welcome to the show. Yeah, hi, my name is Dirk Foster and I am a a, a self-proclaimed or a sober lifestyle coach. I'm actually a certified recovery coach, certified um, sober coach, and a certified life coach. I am also the author of six books about addiction and recovery. Several of them are bestsellers. So I spend majority of my time focusing on not only my own sobriety, but um, helping other people, guiding people through their own sober journey. Um, I work a lot with people who are in the early stages of recovery, anywhere from uh, three days to three years. That's generally the pocket when I find that most people need the most assistance and guidance in life. And I sort of, and I specialize in helping people rebuild and repair their lives in sobriety so that they can achieve the goals that they want in their life, they can stay sober, um, and they can have a successful and healthy sobriety. And um, so that's where I'm at. And I've been sober for 13 years. I just celebrated my 13th um, year in um, December 9th, and I'm very happy to be sober, and I love every minute of it. Wow, that's awesome, man. I didn't I didn't realize that you'd written six books. I saw a couple on the website, but I don't think I scrolled far enough. That's very impressive. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a it's been a productive uh, couple of years. I decided at one point I, I decided I want to write a book about prayer and meditation in recovery because that's a big part of my recovery. I'm a twelve stepper, um, and that was a big emphasis in the twelve step program. Um, and I realized that a lot of people don't either know how to pray and meditate, which seems strange, but you know, there, there's, it, it's, it's a mystery to a lot of people, not only the how to do it, but the significance of prayer and meditation in recovery and in sobriety, because it was a huge part of my sobriety that always has been prayer and meditation. So I wrote a book about it and um, it, it turned out to be very popular. A lot of people really want some guidance when it comes to prayer and meditation, which is part of the part of step step 11, if you're a 12 stepper. And um, it turned out to be very popular. So from there, I decided, well, there's there's seems to be a hunger for some some knowledge about recovery and sobriety. So I just kept writing books about what I've learned and what I've known. And so far, I've written books about um, health and nutrition and um, finances and sobriety and and my own recovery journey through the 12 step program and, and a few other things. So it's, it's been a, a, an interesting and an exciting experience to say the least. Well, if you don't mind, I'd love to dive a little bit more into that topic of prayer and meditation. Cause I know just from me personally, that's definitely an area that I've struggled with. I've learned, I've learned a little bit about it along my journey in recovery, but there's definitely still room for improvement. Sure. So I would love to hear more about that. Well, you know, for me, 
the best way to, to talk about it for me, meditation for me has been really essential to my recovery. When I was first getting sober, my first sponsor, Paul, used to say that, you know, trying to listen to his own brain was like trying to, to go to a, a multiplex movie cinema and trying to run from one theater to the other, trying to watch all the movies at the same time. And that really described my own brain. You know, we call it the monkey brain, you know, because there's so much chatter. There's so much chaos going on in our brains. And that's pretty normal for human beings. But for addicts, it can be pretty disturbing. It can be pretty frustrating and be pretty aggravating, especially when we're still in our addiction or when we're new to sobriety. So when we try and close our eyes and meditate, and meditate, meditation isn't complicated. And I, I can, I'll go over just a real basic way to meditate. But it's not complicated. What's complicated about it is trying to be comfortable with with the with the chatter going on between our ears, all the all the all the chaos, the storm of of um, thoughts and ideas and images, and it can be scary. You know, I, I remember when I first started trying to learn how to meditate, I would close my eyes, and it was <laughs> it was terrifying sometimes. I couldn't do it for more than about two or three minutes without you know sh you know it was like I would have to open my eyes just to get the images out of my head or the thoughts of it or the guilt or the shame or the regrets or whatever it was. Thoughts would just be I would just be bombarded by so much you know, so many thoughts and a lot of it was real negative. So what I had to learn how to do, and I think it's essential to sobriety and to anybody, you know, you're sober or not, it's, it's a really important thing to do is to try and meditate. It's a real gift if you can learn how to do it in the most basic form is that once I was able to learn how to meditate, it gave me an opportunity to become somebody who's viewing my own mind, be, to, to, to step back slightly and be able to watch my own mind in action. And to see it as, as, a, as somebody viewing it, not being caught in it. And I know it sounds a little odd, but once I was able to do that and to watch my mind in action and to be able to be comfortable with what it was doing, it started to settle me down. It started to calm me down. I became much more peaceful throughout the day. If I could just learn how to sit quietly for a few minutes at a time every morning and just observe my mind and just be okay with whatever came in and out of my brain and just be okay with it, you know, and just kind of let it go and let it pass through my mind. I was much calmer throughout the day, you know, and I found that was really key to, for me in early sobriety and still to this day. And as I kept practicing, I found that I could do it for, you know, three minutes, then for about four or five minutes, and then eventually 10 minutes, 20 minutes, up to around 30 minutes um, and just sit quietly and just observe my mind. And once I was able to observe my mind, I was able to start quieting my mind. And with breathing exercises, you can get to a point where you can really settle down a lot of your thought process. And, you know, you're always going to have thoughts coming in and out, but it just slows down and quiets down. It's really interesting. It's kind of like if you have an unruly child or a rambunctious puppy, you know, running around, you got to figure out a way to get it to settle down and quietly you know, just have nap time, you know, quiet down, you know, and, and that's kind of what meditation does. And that's what it did for me. And just to kind of go back and talk about the simplest form of meditation that I found is just sit and breathe, you know, just sit quietly and comfortably. Um, I do it cross-legged. You don't have to close your eyes and just watch your breath and just watch your breath go in and out and just observe your breath going in and out of your nose, watch your, you know, feel your chest and your shoulders rising and lowering 
and don't exaggerate it. Just do it naturally and just concentrate on your breath. That's it. And every time a thought comes in that frightens you or, or let, you know, agitates you, you just slightly push it away, you know, and just let it float away like a balloon and then just go back to focusing on your breath. That's it. That's pretty much all there is to it. You know, there's a lot more, there's other forms of meditation. There's TM, transcendental meditation and mantras, which I enjoy doing sometimes. But the most basic form of meditation is just closing your eyes and focusing gently on your breath and letting your thoughts come and go as they please. And that's it. <laughs> but it's been huge for me. It's been great for recovery for me. And I, and I, and I enjoy it. In fact, before that we started talking, I sat down for a few minutes just to calm my mind and meditated on the couch. And it, it's nice. It just feels really good. And it really helps in recovery, I think. I love just the simplicity that you of how you describe that and, and how, easy that is to achieve of just like finding a calm place and just focusing on the breath that makes it really easy to at least as like a starting point for yep. for meditation yep. one of the other things that you kind of touched on and i would be curious to hear more about it because i don't think i've ever talked to anybody about it the the finances and recovery i know in the beginning i struggle with that like i got i got into recovery and then I was quote unquote responsible. And now all of a sudden I'm opening up credit cards and it's like, Oh, free money. And so I've definitely struggled with that, especially in the beginning of like how to manage money, how to be responsible because for so long I didn't, I didn't really take any kind of responsibility in my life. I just kind of rolled with the punches and didn't worry about tomorrow. So I'd be curious to hear more about that. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I find that it's fairly common with people who are new to sobriety that they have financial problems or financial issues. You know, it, it's, you know, if you've been a practicing alcoholic or drug addict for a long time, there's probably going to be most likely there's going to be some financial issues. I mean, and that holds true for people who have a lot of money. I know a, a lot of people I got I got sober in Los Angeles. And I was in meetings and knew a lot of people who were very well off, um, famous, whatever. And they still had financial problems. You know, they, they, they were just, you know, a lot of, you know, whatever. I mean, everybody has, whether you're rich or poor, everybody has financial problems to some extent, especially when you first get sober. And if you've been a practicing alcoholic or drug addict for any length of time, most likely you do. So for me, and I'm certainly no financial genius or anything like that. I, you know, I, I don't claim to be, but the book I wrote is called Sober and Broke. And what it is, is it basically talks about the, the essential steps, the simple steps to kind of to, to recovering your financial well-being in your personal finances. I also did attend um, Debtors Anonymous, um, which was fantastic. And I would recommend that to anybody. A lot of communities don't have it. Um, again, I got sober in, in Los Angeles, so it was a big 12-step program there. But it's really helpful. And the book I wrote, Sober and Broke, is, is, is essentially just about the basic steps of just recovering your money. If you're recovering your life and rebuilding your life in sobriety, you also need to recover other aspects of your life. You know, it's not about just getting, you know, sober, you know, from, from alcohol or drugs. That's the, that's the first step as it were, but there's much, much more to rebuilding our lives in recovery. You know, putting away the alcohol and the drugs is great, but obviously there's other underlying things going on in our lives that need to be addressed. So finances was just, is just one of them. It's just one aspect of life. But what I 
found important to do is to set small goals for your financial life. For So for me, when I got sober, I was, I was dead broke. Um, I, I lived in a tiny, crappy little apartment. And thankfully, I had a home to live in. But I live in a tiny little apartment. I was up to my eyes in debt. I had ruined my credit um, score and history. Um, I owed people money. It was just, it was just a mess, just typical, you know, mess. And I also hadn't really learned how to save money. You know, I was always able to earn money. I was one of those people that could always earn money for whatever reason. You know, I was, I was always good at getting jobs, holding jobs and getting paid pretty well. I worked in corporate America for a long time, but I was terrible at saving it. I was just terrible because I was spending it all on getting high, you know, and, and just being a, being a basic idiot. And I was terrible at saving. I was terrible investing. <laughs> just all the basics that, you know, we, we, we should learn when we're young. So when I got sober, I had to start taking tiny steps in rebuilding my life, my financial life. And I got a lot of advice from people. Again, I went to debtors anonymous, but what I learned is you have to start small. You have to start with the basics, whatever your situation is. You have to set down lists of, you have to list out what it is you need to do to repair your life financially, um, whether it's making more money, whether it's paying off debt, which is huge. I mean, that is a real big deal. It, whether it's selling things around the house, whether it's starting a tiny company out of your home, there's a bunch of different ways to do it. But it's just about starting somewhere. You have to start somewhere. You have to write down a list of where you're at and where you want to be and what you need to do to get there. And, and that's, that's kind of a, a, a kind of a, a very broad way of, of, of talking, you know, commenting on what it is I'm talking about in terms of, of sober finances, but paying debt was, was crucial to me. I was, I was deep in debt and I had to learn you know, what's called the snowball process of, of, of paying down debt slowly, but surely. And every time one debt gets paid, you take the money that you were putting towards that debt and you roll it into another form of debt, you know, pay and roll, pay and roll. And then rebuilding my credit, earning money in any way I could, taking second jobs, taking third jobs, selling stuff around the house. I used to have garage sales, whatever I could do. It was hustle, hustle, hustle for the, for several years. You know, it didn't happen overnight. But I hustled, you know, and I got I got small jobs. I started my own little consulting business. I sold stuff around the house that I no longer needed. I stopped taking on any debt. I cut up all my credit cards and I, I just kept a debit card. That's it. I cut my cable bill, I, everything, you know, just you got to you got to just almost start from the beginning. You know, it's almost like when you first get out of college and you have nothing and you start building up and up and up, which is what I didn't do when I first got out of college. I, it was just starting over, you know, just every part of our lives. We just start from the beginning again, once we get sober and it's an opportunity and a very exciting and fun opportunity to rebuild and get to where we want to be. So that's where it was. And it, you know, the book of course um, goes into much more detail, but you know, rebuilding our finances is not that difficult. It just takes commitment, commitment and, and some focus and a basic plan. And, and that's what the book really is, is all about. And it helps outline for people um, how you just kind of get back on your feet financially. But one of the things that I think I've found, at least in my personal journey with finances and recovery, is the same principles that I apply in not using drugs, I sometimes have to use in my finances of 
telling myself no of, of not seeking that instant gratification. And some of those things have also rolled over into that. And, and like you were talking about, I use that same, the snowball method of pay off the smallest debt and then roll that into the next one and so on and so on. But yeah, I, I love that. There's a, there's also, you know, Dave Ramsey is, is somebody is, is a financial guru who's been pretty, I've, I've listened to a lot of his, I listened to his radio shows and bought some of his books and stuff. And that, that's something that I would recommend to people too. I mean, he, he's not connected to sobriety like I am, but it's, it's kind of that pay and roll the snowball, you know, method. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of the same theory, you know, he's been big on that, but that's, that's kind of like where I got a lot of the, that information early on. So would you like to talk a little bit more about the sober coaching and, and what that looks like? What, what kind of services you offer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sober coaching is, it's like, it's like life coaching or business coaching or career coaching or, you know, diet coaching, whatever it is. Um, what I've discovered for me, I, I discovered that, you know, there's a, there's a million, I'm not a million, but there's a lot of ways to get sober in our society. You know, sometimes I hear people say, well, I, I want to get sober, but I don't know how, you know, I'm sorry, but that's BS. There are so many ways to get sober. If you want to get sober, there are, you have to want it, but there's, there's, there's 12 steps, there's therapy, you know, there's, there's smart recovery. There's, there's, there's Buddhism, you know, there's Buddhist recovery programs now. I mean, there's everything. There's, there's so many ways. If you want help, you can get it. Okay. However, what I have discovered in my sobriety is that there's a tremendous amount of, of emphasis on getting sober, less so on staying sober. If you're a 12-stepper, there is, a, there is emphasis on rebuilding your life, but a lot of it focuses, and, and this is no way to criticize 12 steps because I'm a 12-stepper, but there, the emphasis is significantly on the past and focusing on the past and rebuilding from the past. You know, it, you, you hear that in meetings a lot, what I used to do, the war stories, and, and I love it, you know, and it's great, it's wonderful. But there's less emphasis in society and in the recovery world on staying sober and rebuilding our lives, okay? And it's starting to happen more and more in society, but the emphasis has traditionally been on the past and, and, and confronting our past and rebuilding from there. What sober coaching is all about and recovery coaching is all about is focusing on the future. So as a recovery coach, and I, and I, I got certified through the Addictions Academy through Dr. Caliestis, and the, the recovery coaching and sobriety coaching is about focusing on the future and rebuilding our lives for the future. And I'm a huge um, proponent of that and always have been. When I was first getting sober and rebuilding my lives, you know, a, what a part of the recovery program and the 12 steps is, is going out and helping people and reaching out and helping others. That's a big part of our recovery. And I find that, that you know, it's really important to um, emphasize to people that once you get sober, it, the road doesn't end there. You know, it's not like, okay, I got sober and now let's get back to life. It doesn't work that way. You have to rebuild your life and you have to rebuild a future that's healthy and positive and always growing and always evolving and always changing. And that's what sobriety coaching is about. It's about building that future for yourself. And, you know, yes, you want to keep talking about the, the past with your sponsor or your friends or, or your people and your network and recovery. 
you want to keep working on your 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 soul and and, and your your mental state and, and and that but it's important to set goals for yourself for the future and not just settle you know you can't just settle in sobriety you can't because if you do if you just kind of sit back and go okay i'm sober i'm i'm, I'm cured now you're, you're toast I mean, I've known so many people, I'm sure you have too, that, that re- either relapse or die quickly because they settle and they just say, oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm cool. You know, I can, I can probably have that drink now, you know, or I can, you know, whatever, take my, my drug of choice. So we can't settle. So in order to not settle, it's important to keep moving forward. Okay. It's sort of like the, 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 the shark swimming. If once it stops swimming, it dies, <laughs> you know? And so in sobriety, it's kind of the same theory. You know, we got to keep moving forward and in order to keep moving forward. We have to build a positive, healthy, successful sobriety in the future and, and never stop. And so sober coaching and sober lifestyle coaching, which is what I really emphasize is about building a positive, sober lifestyle. And that incorporates and encompasses every part of our lives. That can be our careers, what we've talked about, our finances, um, our mental health, which is very important, our spiritual health, you know, developing some faith or some understanding of a spiritual life, meditation, career, the friends we surround ourselves with, developing optimism and seeing the glass and learning how to see the glass half full instead of half empty. Developing gratitude. Gratitude is enormously important in sobriety. We have to be grateful for who we are and what we are and what we have, not what we did, not have those regrets. We have to have gratitude for the moment we're in right now and what we have to look forward to. You know, no matter how bad life gets, because life is not always perfect. You know, I'm not saying life is always great because it's not. You know, life is life, life on life's terms. But sober coaching is about focusing on the future, rebuilding your future and rebuilding your life and repairing your life in that it going in a direction that you want it to go in and setting goals for yourself and, and going out and achieving the things that you want in life. For me, you know, going back to the whole, you know, writing of books, my entire life since the fourth grade, I wanted to be a writer. I, that was, that was all I ever wanted. It was the only thing I ever wanted to do was be a writer but I got sidetracked and I wrote in high school. I wrote in college, you know, after college, I pursued a, a career as a writer in Hollywood for all <laughs> crying out loud. And what I ended up doing is, is getting more, I, I, I was much more successful at following my addictions than following my dreams. And I became a full blown raging alcoholic and drug addict while I was slowly ignoring my dream of becoming a writer and putting that aside and and just getting into trouble. So when I got sober, I wanted to start writing again. That was one of my goals. That was one of my dreams. I, you know, I, now I had the opportunity to start pursuing my dreams and it didn't happen overnight. I just started writing stories and scripts and, you know, and just kind of having fun with it and not taking it like it wasn't life and death, life or death for me. I just wanted to write. I like writing. So Eventually, what I did is I transitioned. I realized through a whole process that I went through that I, I wanted to transition from writing, trying to write fiction to writing nonfiction and writing what it is I know best, which is recovery and sobriety. And, and I've been very successful in, in, in my own personal sobriety. So I started writing books about it. So that dream started to come true, you know? So it's just little things like that, you know? And it's just, and in a sobriety, I've started two companies that are not about writing. They're just businesses, you know, small businesses that I started. Um, 
and and they were both relatively successful. One was a consulting business, one was a construction cleaning business, and they were both great. And they were fun, and they were goals that I set for myself, and I went out and I achieved them. And you know, all these little things. You know, I've bought a house in sobriety. I've gotten married in sobriety to somebody who's also sober. So that's to me what sober coaching is about, and what I want to do as a sober coach with people is help them rebuild and repair their life and their future in sobriety. That's what sober coaching is about rebuilding your life and focusing on the future and and being positive and being healthy and trying to be successful to the best of your abilities. So that's really what it is. It is not, it's not rocket science. It's just, um, you know, guidance from somebody who's not only professionally trained, but has personal experience in the topic of addiction and recovery. So is that a service that you offer virtually or is it just an in-person thing? Oh, no, virtually for sure. Yeah, no, no, no. Everything in person, virtually by phone, you know, with nowadays with Zoom and FaceTime and, you know, Skype. I, I don't use Skype. I use Zoom, but there's plenty of ways. In person is great. Some people prefer it. But, you know, nowadays I live up in the mountains, in the Sierra Mountains, which is another dream of mine I always had. And once I got sober, I achieved that dream because I, I rebuilt my finances. I actually made a little bit of money. I saved some money and I was able to take enough money and get the hell out of LA and move up to the most beautiful spot in the world up in the Sierra Mountains. It's incredible. But um, living up here, <laughs> it's it's difficult to reach as many people as one wants in person. So virtual coaching has changed everything. It's great. I mean, you, you can you can help people, you know, in India, you know, if you want, in Pakistan or or in New York, you know, and and just you know, like we're having a conversation on this podcast right now. So, you know, it, it helps to have it, you know, I, I, I think having a little bit of FaceTime, either virtually or in person is nice, is, is good. But yeah, it doesn't have to be in person. Virtual is good. It all works. Awesome. Well, we're kind of getting towards the end of the show. And usually I just like to open the floor up for the guests to share whatever's on their heart, whether that's on the topic we've been talking about or totally off off the subject. So whatever you have on your heart, man. Well, first of all, thanks, Brett, for having me on. This, this is great. I, I love talking about recovery and sobriety. <laughs> it's like to me for, you know, 13 years in this, I still love it. But, you know, I just like to always send out a message to the world that, you know, if you are struggling, you know, if you think you may have an addiction problem or, 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 or you know, there, there's help for you. There is. You just, you just have to ask, you know, you just have to seek and find it. You can ask me. You can ask, I'm sure Brett would, would be willing to guide you in the right direction. You know, you can do 12 steps. You can do, there's so many ways to get sober and, and, and you can do it anonymously. You can do it publicly, however you want. You know, if you think there's a problem, just, just ask for help. You know, it's, it's not that complicated. It can be a little painful. It can be a little awkward getting sober. It's not easy, but it can be done and it's worth trying. And I also will say that, you know, once you get sober, just remember there's there's a whole road ahead and it can be a positive you know productive interesting creative life that you can leave in live in sobriety but sometimes you just need some guidance we all need guidance in every part of our lives so if you need guidance i'm available there's other people I know, you know, if you're not comfortable with, with male coaches, I know women, you know, sobriety coaches who can help you out. There are resources and help to get you back to your life, rebuilding your life, repairing your life in a positive way. You know, get sober, 
do the best you can and get some guidance, build yourself a, a network, a team of, of sober people around you. Um, and that's, that's going to be the best way. That's going to be the best way to guarantee that you have a successful life in recovery. So just don't be afraid to try and get out there and kick some ass. <laughs> if any of the listeners want to get a hold of you, what's the best place to do that? The best way to do it is my website, which is sober coach Dirk. And I spell my name D I R K. So it's sobercoachdirk.com. Or if you go on to Amazon, you can find my books, which are just, it's just Dirk Foster. The Sober Journey is the biggest selling book. Um, so Dirk Foster, The Sober Journey or sobercoachdirk.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Brett. Dirk, thank you so much for coming on the show today. If you're interested in any of his services or his books, be sure to check out the links in the show notes. You've been listening to Recovery Survey. If you got anything out of today's episode, I'd ask you to please leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can find us at recoverysurvey.com. You can listen to all of our episodes on the website as well as connect with us on social media where you can get previews for upcoming episodes.